Hi everybody, it's Jamie Grogan with Solutions for Solopreneurs. Today we are talking to Katie and we are continuing our series on journey to entrepreneurship. And as everybody knows, my passion is helping everyone. And I do mean everyone. I don't care if you're 115 or you're 13. Everybody should have a stream of income that's not just their nine to five. Um, and in my case, I have multiple streams of income. And so no matter where you are in your life, in your socioeconomic status, um, no matter where you are, you can launch a business. And so I want everybody to look at my guests and see themselves in one or many of them. Katie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so my name is Katie Thompson. I am the founder of Modern Darling Media. We are a marketing, branding, and design studio, and, and we mostly work with creative solopreneurs to support them in, uh, in all their creative endeavors. And I'm also the host of the Hustlenomics podcast, where I interview other female entrepreneurs about their journey to becoming business owners. That's awesome. Wonderful. So who would you <laughs> say are your, are your um, like your, you know, the nuts and bolts of your clients? Who would those people be? Yeah, I'd say it's mostly other women, um, young women who are starting a business. Um, and a lot of the time, it's just a one-woman show. They don't necessarily have a team um, to kind of support them. Uh, so that's where we step in and kind of support them for all the things, marketing, branding, design, whatever they might need. Um, and so that's who I really enjoy working with. That's awesome. So tell us, what, what did you do before this, before you launched this agency? Yeah, so I got my my bachelor's degree in uh, communications and film in right outside of Chicago and then went right into grad school for journalism and media studies. Um, I always say if I could be in school for the rest of my life, I would. <laughs> it's, it's my happy place, but I had to jump you know, out of the nest eventually. So I went right into marketing and worked there in that industry for a couple years for a couple different um, companies and you know, quickly realized that the, the corporate world was not exactly a, a great fit for me. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was doing. And then, you know, while I was doing that, I started my side hustle on the weekends and at night. And um, over the past three and a half years, I guess it's been now, I've been building that up into my business, what it is today. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so what would you say is their main struggle when they first come to you? What's their main struggle? I'd say probably trying to do all of the things. Um, starting business, it, it, there's a lot to do, obviously. And if you're doing it alone, it can be extremely overwhelming. Um, and I, I know that obviously because I went through it. So I can definitely relate to what people are going through when they start a business. And so they're trying to do all the social media, do their website, their branding, their, <clears throat> excuse me, and their networking, all of it alone. And so I think probably the biggest struggle struggle is not reaching out for help soon enough, not asking for help soon enough and, and finding that support. Um, and so I, I learned that the hard way. And so that's why I try to kind of step in and help women in the beginning stages to really lay that foundation and get a strong foundation to, to really build on. Right. That's awesome. Because I feel that, you know, how they say um, a certain percentage of small businesses fail um, I honestly and truly believe that they failed due to burnout more than oh, anything. Yeah. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I see it all the time. And that's something that I'm always watching for with myself um, as well. Just making sure that I'm taking care of myself and setting boundaries and prioritizing and just making sure that I'm not running myself ragged. Right. Because what people 
don't seem to understand is that even your passion, even something that you love to do, you can be burnt out on. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. So then when they're feeling that, there's kind of resentment builds up and then they're like, I'm doing, you know, I'm following my purpose and I'm, you know, <laughs> why do I still feel this way, you know? Right. And so it's okay for them to feel frustrated even while living their dream. Yes. Absolutely. And that's why I always say, well, it's funny because a lot of the time with women starting their businesses, what I've seen is like they, their hobby and their passion becomes their career, it becomes their business. Right. And so the, all of a sudden what they love to do and what brought them so much joy. Now there's this extra pressure and there's all these things that they have to handle. And, and I always say, yeah, I get it. But that means you have to cultivate other hobbies. You've got to have stuff outside of your business that you love to do that you pay attention to. Right. So that's always super important. That's amazing because um, my, my main business um, is coaching, but my creative outlet is t-shirt design. So I have a small t-shirt business that um, literally I just do because I love positive messages mm -hmm. and artwork, put those together and create a t-shirt. Um, it, but it's just one of those, you know, things that I do. Um, I don't do it to make a million dollars. Right, right. Um, so I love that you said that about uh, other um, hobbies. Oh, yes. Yeah. you got to have something to take your mind off all the business stuff sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate that. So overall, what is your age group that you work with? What's... Yeah, what's so... Mostly it's, it's mostly women my age. So I'd say I a range between 25 and, and 35. Um, I guess you would call us millennials. I mean, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly that's, that's the age that I work with. I have a couple of clients that are uh, physicians that work with women um, that are a little bit older, but um, I just find that my messaging and my mission really just are kind of connecting with that, that 25 to 35 uh, female kind of range. Right, right. And my range is much older because um, they need more hand-holding. Mm. You know, they're, the 25 to 35, they kind of know what they need to do. They just can't do it all. Right. And, and, and whereas my demographic is more of, I have no idea what to do, just tell me what to do, show me how to do it, and then I can do it, you know, on a, on a small scale. Um, because 25-year-olds are looking to build an empire, and 45-year-olds are looking to build, to supplement their nest egg. Right. There's a very different um, mission. Like yes, said. absolutely. Yeah, so, well, tell us about your podcast. I love that, the name of it. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, so I started in 2018. It was really inspired by the fact that when I was working in, you know, office jobs, I was feeling super depressed and just not very excited about my future. And so I was looking for ways to learn, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a lifelong learner. I love to learn new things. And so I was like, well, why don't I get into podcasting? I can listen to it at work, not get in trouble for doing it. Right. And I can learn something while I'm feeling like I'm not moving forward. Um, so I was listening to all these different podcasts about, um, you know, starting a business, other female entrepreneurs around my age, really creating a life that they loved and was on their own terms. And I was so inspired by that. And 
I didn't go to school for business. So I, I had no idea about starting a business, no idea. So this was kind of my re-education, my free business school, as I say. Um, and so I was really inspired by that and wanted to kind of do the same thing and give back. And as you mentioned before we hopped on, it's, it's really difficult to hear stories from women from all different stages of business. A lot of the time the the podcasts or YouTube channels or whatever it is, you're hearing from six or seven figure entrepreneurs, which is great. And it's, it's valid, you know, everything that they're saying and they have fantastic advice because obviously they're very successful, but it's not always relatable if you're starting your side hustle and you're 22, you know? So I, I really, yeah, I really, really wanted a, a source of education and a community that had women sharing from all different stages, all backgrounds, all ages. Um, and so I, I started the podcast and I talked to women who are that six and seven figure entrepreneurs, but also maybe a mommy blogger who's doing a side hustle, you know, so it's all over. And I, I felt that that was really super important for people to be able to hear stories that sounded like theirs that they could relate to and, and answered the questions that they were having at where they where what stage they were at. Right. So you don't have the same questions when you're first starting as if you do when you're six, six seven years in. So that was really my mission. And I've been so blessed to be able to talk to, I've, I think I've interviewed over 200 women now um, from all over the world. Um, and I've, I've learned so much and I don't think I would be here today doing what I'm doing without all that guidance and insights that I got from them. Right, right. And what would you say is um, the top three um, focus points that those women have said to you? Just on a broad scale, what would be the top three? Um, I'd say the first is confidence. I think women, we struggle with confidence. It's not just women, men do too, but I think that we struggle with unique you know, things when it comes to building confidence and, and stepping forward in our power and really being able to be the CEO and be the face of a company. Um, and I think that's, I've heard that across the board. It doesn't matter what age you are or how much success you've had. Um, it's difficult to build that up and, and really step into it. Um, so that was definitely one thing. Um, another is money mindset. Um, really kind of getting your head around a positive money mindset and letting go of a lot of those limiting beliefs that we have around money and earning money. Um, and then the last one was burnout, um, just dealing with how to manage your stress, your anxiety. Um, running a business is really fun and it's really exciting and you have so much freedom, but a lot of the time that leads to running yourself into the ground. So learning those skills and having the self-awareness to understand when you need to step back or pivot in a way to take care of yourself so you can take care of your business. Right. So those are three topics that across the board, no matter where people come from or where they are, I, you know, definitely comes up. Right, right. So with those three, what would you say is the cure for those, those three top, top three um, challenges? I'd say... For confidence, mm -hmm. what would you say? Well, I'd say for all three, I mean, just being self-aware and learning. I think, like I've mentioned multiple times, the education, I feel like, is the key to growing and moving forward as a human being and also as a business owner. Um, I kind of always have this, this 
mantra in my head that we need three people in our lives to really learn and grow. And that's one person behind us that's not at the stage where we are that we can motivate, teach, and lead and, and move forward. Um, somebody who's at the same stage with us that we can relate to, mastermind with, and then somebody who's ahead of us that we can um, look up to and learn from. So having those three people in your life, I think all of those three, the confidence, money, mindset, and burnout, I think you can learn so much from those three people um, in your life that you can really tackle them in a way that is smart and you can learn from other people's mistakes. Right, right. That's, that's, um, that's amazing. I've never actually put that into... Um, into a, like a nice package like you just did in my brain. I've never done that. But I know as you were talking, I was like, I do have those three people um, in my life. Um, not on purpose, but they're, they're definitely there. So I really like that, um, that piece of advice. There is so much to giving back, being w involved with your peers, Mm -hmm. And then also having a mentor. Yes, um, So I, I love that. I really, that is, I hope our listeners really grasp that um, because that is crucial um, to success and, and not just success within your business, but success within your life. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you, Katie, for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and so for the hustle, not, how do you say it? Hustleonomics. Hustleonomics. Yeah. Hustle yeah. And that. the name, people always ask me about the name and I kind of really thought about really how I wanted to reframe the word hustle. Cause yeah. I think it kind of gets a bad rap these days. People, Great. yeah. People are like, well, instead of, you know, hustling means you have to work hard all day. You never give yourself a break. You never uh, take time for yourself, but I don't, that's not how I view the word hustle. I kind of view it differently. So I wanted to use that word and use the podcast to kind of reframe it in a more positive way. Right, right, yeah. So hustling for me just means ingenuity. Absolutely. It just, it just means figuring it out. Yep. That's what hustle means to me. Um, and there's no negative connotation, but you are absolutely right. Um, there is a negative connotation in general around yeah. that word. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, like, you know, your hobbies, you know, do you have kids, do you have pets? Do you tell us a little bit about Katie? Yeah. So I kind of always describe myself as a compulsive creative. I've always been a creative person since I was a kid. I've been interested in theater, music, dance, fashion, art, you know, film, all of it. If I could find something creative to be a part of, I would try it. Right. <laughs> um, which has been great because I am a thinker and I always need a creative outlet. Um, and so I've been blessed that I've been able to explore all of those things in my life. Um, and I'm originally from Georgia, have lived um, all around the country, a little bit overseas, love traveling. Um, and now I've ended up in Utah with my husband. He got a job here. We're uh, newlyweds, I guess you would still call us under a year. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. And so, yeah, we're just enjoying living out West and um, I've been running my business from home and he actually works from home as well. So that's been a interesting adjustment as newlyweds, <laughs> but Hey, if you can't do it, you know, if you can 
work with your husband, live with him and all that stuff, you know, you're good to go. So, um, so that's what we've been doing out here for the past almost two years. Um, so I've been running my business. I also have a um, vintage and upcycled clothing line that I, that I do on my side. That's my little outlet that I have. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always been into costuming and fashion. And so that's been super fun for me to go to thrift stores and, um, you know, things like Goodwill and things just where I can search for treasures. So that's, that's kind of my little creative outlet on the side right now. That's amazing. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, you know this because you've done podcasts, um, podcasting, but the thing that has struck me is just how amazing people are mm. and that they don't necessarily see their own amazingness. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just kind of who they are and what they do. And, you know, they get up in the morning and they're like, you know, this is my passion and I'm going to go do it. I, I interviewed a, um, a man who is just, he's just, it, he blew me away. He really did. Um, with his love for what he calls self-directed healthcare. Mm. Um, and it, and he's just, and he's just so interesting. Um, and then I interviewed a lady who was, um, a sheriff's officer. Um, <laughs> and, went to the White House. Uh, it just it just blows my mind how many amazing people there are in the world. Um, and for me, you know, this is what has gotten me out of um, a, a pretty serious depression and funk um, is to stop focusing on myself and start to focus on how I can help other people. Um, th that's it's pulled me out of a very dark hole um, just about three weeks ago. And I've been in business for, you know, a couple of years. Um, but when this whole pandemic happened and everything just kind of shriveled up, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, went into panic mode. And then of course, when you are chasing the money, the money runs away. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> the money's like, oh, so now you're going to chase me. So now I'm going to make this a game. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but the minute I said, okay, I need to go back to what works and why I'm doing it. I have a, um, a whiteboard and on it says reasons why I grind. Um, because I have to keep reminding myself that it's not, you know, about the bank account. It's not about the, um, you know, the 10 K to, you know, 30 K in six days, you know, <laughs> type of headlines, you know, yeah. um, it's the reason that I started doing this was because I wanted people, um, to see what I see when I see, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. I can, I can totally relate. I mean, I've had women that I've asked to be on the podcast and they're like, why? I'm not that interesting. And I'm like, but you are, <laughs> you are, you don't see how interesting you are. And so, I mean, that I, I can totally relate. And just the power of stories, it's really underrated sometimes. That's why I love podcasting. I love going on, you know, Instagram or whatever it is. And just, especially in this time where you feel so isolated and so remote from other people, um, being able to hear these stories and still connect in a way has been invaluable. 
Yes. Oh, 100% agreed. Um, I am a huge dog lover. I have two Huskies. Um, so I am, I live in New Hampshire now, but I'm originally from Southern California. So I am that crazy black person that you see walking their Huskies in two degree weather with feet of snow on the ground. And it's funny because I always get the double take, like, what did we just see? You know, cause I'm like such an anomaly out here in New Hampshire. <laughs> And then I'm like, well, you know, I have huskies and I love them, so yes. I can't eat the snow, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. You know? So I'm like, you know, my my uh, snow boots are up to my knees, and you know, and I'm just watching them have a ball in the snow. I'm freezing my ass off, but <laughs> I'm still, you know, in my happy place because I yeah. I love them so much. Yeah, it's the little things. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, so tell us about your family. Um, are your parents, you know, that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So I have uh, one younger sister who is kicking ass as a reporter. She's out in the field every single day. Yeah. You can imagine my stress knowing that she's out in the field every single day right now. Um, but also both my parents are in healthcare. My mom is a nurse. Uh, my dad's uh, a physician. Yeah. I come from like three generations of doctors and nurses. I'm the first one to not <laughs> do it. Um, uh, even though I, I could have, but uh, yeah, I was like, I'm going to go in a different direction, but yeah. So, um, I am from a very driven family. Um, they're all my family's back in Georgia. My sister's in Virginia. Um, so most of our, in my husband's family, it's all back down South. So we're hoping to get back down there one day, but, um, yeah, so I've, I've been really blessed to have a very supportive, inspiring family. I call them probably twice a day. And, um, my dad, he has been a physician for 30, 35 years and has just recently, um, kind of pivoted in a different direction is still in healthcare, but it has started his own business as well. So it's so fun for me at 26 and him in his sixties to be going through this time and we're calling each other and, and, you know, asking questions. It's like, Hey, have you seen this new course or have you listened to this podcast? I mean, it's been such an amazing bonding thing. You know, we were already super close, but it's been so cool to kind of go through this experience with him. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love to hear that kind of stuff. Um, my mother is, um, I'm helping her launch a business right now, um, too. And um, my two daughters, I have two girls, one's 26 and one's 24. Um, that's my, my oh, oldest. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's my Thank oldest. <laughs> um, my youngest is stationed in Arizona. Um, okay. Yep. And um, I, I would like everybody in my family to have um, their own businesses. Do you find yourself saying, you know, you could monetize that? <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. I do that with my friends all the time. And they're like, oh, I already have a job. And I'm like, I know, but you know, you could be doing this. I'm always, always, always looking for those like little pockets where you can, um, you know, start a little side hustle here and there. So absolutely. Dreams <laughs> of income, I'm telling you. Yeah. It is so, so important. And I feel like this um, pandemic might have helped people realize just how important it is. I hope. Yes, Yes, absolutely. And I'm I'm just thinking back to to a job that I had where I was in an office. It was miserable. You had to clock in and out with your fingerprints. I mean, it felt like jail. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so it was right before I was moving to Utah and I went to my boss and said, you know, I'd be happy to keep working for you guys, you know, but I, I would have to do it remotely. I was a social media manager. So everything I was doing was managing. Exactly. I was managing 26 hotel, you know, social media accounts. So I could literally do that from wherever. And they said, well, we just don't do remote work. And I was like, Hmm. All right. They're going to regret that in a couple of years. And I'm just yeah. thinking back now, how are they handling this? Cause right. the fact that they couldn't physically see me in the office and micromanage me in person was, you know, not, you know, it couldn't, couldn't work. Yeah. So I'm just thinking back now, I think it's going to change everything from how people work to leadership, to man like managing styles and everything. It's going to be a really interesting new horizon. I think. I completely agree. And I feel like a lot of, and no offense to middle managers listening, but <laughs> I feel like a lot of middle management is going to get cut out yes. because they're really just, like you said, corrections officers. They're really just yeah. wardens um, and their, their worth um, once everybody realizes, and hopefully that's already happened, that any job can be done from home. Mm -hmm. Just about, you know, I mean, retail, grocery stores, you know, that kind of stuff, of course, you know, there are people that have to go to work, but for the most part, um, remote is where it's at. Um, and it's funny that you said you were a lifelong learner. I hate school. <laughs> I hate school, but that's because I'm a kinesthetic learner. I have to mm -hmm. do it. Right. No, I'm not a memorization. I'm not a, you know, regurgitation type. It's just not the way that I learn. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked for Southern New Hampshire University. And wow. I, <laughs> I was there for six years. Um, and I, the last position I was in, I actually created. I created the position. Nice. Because I saw a need. And um, I was working with um, the disability students. Mm -hmm. Now, all of it was technology based and they would not let me work from home. It's insane. It's a, that's the, I mean, I think it's just crazy to me. That's I why I left. That. Yeah. That's why crazy. I left. Well, and it's, I think it's also going to prove to a lot of employers how valuable their employees are, that they can be trusted. And I think it's going to shift to a people first um, kind of mindset instead of a, it's the work, you know, what's the work? It's the people that really matter. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that's what happens. If right. it doesn't, good Lord. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the gist of all of these different, um, that's not the way we've done it. That's right. not, you know, we've always done it that way The you know, the, the, um, what do you call those, those old adages, you know, they, they're, they're got, they've got they've got yeah they've got to let them go yes absolutely <laughs> it's not 1965 anymore yes right exactly and and actually on that point i think it's also going to be a huge shift for women one of the reasons i started my business is cuz i knew i wanted to have a family and i knew i wanted to have a career and i didn't want to compromise on either one of those things um, so being able to be home have control over my schedule, when and where I work, um, you know, that was vital to me. I, I was not going to compromise on that at all. And I think that this working from home, working remotely, it's going to completely change family dynamics and it's going to open up a new um, 
freedom, I think, for women to be able to pursue whatever the hell they want, you know? So it's going to be really exciting, I think. Right. Yes, I completely agree, Katie. Um, so let's see, you said <laughs> hustle on hustle nomics, mm -hmm. um, your social media, actually you call it a PR design marketing um, firm. Yeah. Um, your vintage um, business, your mm -hmm. holding vintage business. That's a lot already. It is. So, so uh, what's your take on book writing? Do you see yourself writing a book? Yeah, I've actually uh, self-published two novels. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to leave that out, right? Gonna, oh, that's just something I did. Not one, but two. No. Yeah, I've always been a writer. Um, I love, I okay, so I basically was raised on reading. I, I was the kid that would bring the book to the table and get in trouble. Um, so I always had my nose in a book. That's basically how I grew up. And so I, I always kind of wanted to write my own. Um, wrote my first novel, I guess it's a novella, it's smaller than a novel, um, when I was about, I think I was 16, maybe younger, um, it was about the, the Holocaust and a, a girl going through the Holocaust. Um, my grandfather was in World War II and I was, loved history and so that's what I was focused on. You can imagine how delightful I was at 16 talking about the Holocaust. I was fun to be around. <laughs> Um, so, I was just going to say, what kind of table conversation uh, were you having at 16 to say, hmm, I think I want to write a book about the Holocaust? Yeah, in my vacation, I decided to go to the Holocaust Museum. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was a fun child. Um, but thank goodness my parents just supported me and, you know, right. they, helped, they helped me get that, that first novella self-published, which was amazing. It was, it was a great feeling. And then when I was... Um, working full-time before I started my little side hustle, I wrote another novella that was uh, kind of a murder mystery thriller. It was, it was also historical fiction and just self-published that as well. So um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I leave that out sometimes, but. That's amazing. So do you, do you see yourself writing more? Do you have plans to, I mean, clearly that's something that you really love and are good at. Yeah, I, I've done a little bit and I've kind of veered off into more writing about business, which has been obviously what I've been thinking about nonstop for the past couple of years. So um, I wrote like a little short ebook called Side Hustle Secrets that's, you know, just kind of sharing what I was learning as I built my side hustle up into a business. Um, but I'm sure I will get the itch again to write another one. It's, it's kind of like I, I just don't do it until it comes to me. It hits me like lightning. And then, you know, I'm hold up in my office, just typing away for hours and hours. So I'm sure it'll come again. It's just who knows when. <laughs> right, right. Wow. So that means that, and I'm trying to keep track here, that you have four streams of income. Yeah, yeah. I would not say always that they're um, consistent, but they're there. <laughs> right, right. And, and when you think about it, that's, you know, when you focus on something, um, that's kind of what I say to my clients. You know, you're going to go um, all out when you, you know, when you're working nine to five, you're going to, on your side hustle, you're going to go all out mm -hmm. for two or three months and you're going to set up your systems and your automation. And then you're going to be able to, um, you know, not work so hard because of all the work that you put in for three months. And it's not like it's going to be, you know, bringing in $15,000 a month, but any um, money that it does bring in is truly passive income. Absolutely. Okay. 
I'm glad you agree with that because a lot of guests are like, well, but if you've had to work on it and I'm like, you know, but you go to work every day. Yeah. You know, that's not passive because you're showing up, you're doing the work and then you're getting paid for it. So that's not passive income. To me, right. passive income is all about putting in a whole bunch of work and automating it mm -hmm. and then having the income, you know, uh, come in just yep. the course creation, which is so big right now. Yeah. And it's been big for a, a while. Um, but that's what course creation is because you do all of this work and then you just set it up as an evergreen, um, um, income. A hundred percent. Yep. Right, yep. That's right. what I did. I, I created a, a little DIY podcasting course, basically around the idea of you can launch a podcast in 30 days for less than a hundred dollars. Um, so that's kind of the, the idea behind it. It was my kind of like, I love, I love a good deal. I love being able to find ways to create without spending a bunch of money. So that's why I created that. And so I, I spent four months putting it together and then, you know, right. hands off, it's done. Right. So. And that's good because um, that that you can go back and tweak it if something you know in the market changes changes or shifts that you want to update. But yeah. that base, that foundation, is always there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. So so now that's five. <laughs> that's five streams of income. Yep. <laughs> and I always do this with my guests because they don't realize just how badass they are. You, you've got five streams of income that you could potentially <laughs> ramp up at any time. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like I said, compulsive creative, I'm always finding something to do. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. So you should be very proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. So, um, one of the things that strikes me with, you know, this whole, um, course creation, um, idea is that there's no accountability with course people that take courses, right? Mm -hmm. They're be, they're meant to be self-directed. They're meant to be, um, they can do them at their own pace. They can, um, you know, it's kind of, they have to have that motivation. Themselves, right. Right. Um, so what, one of the things that I've done is, courses that I create, I input a accountability piece. Hmm. So that can be in the form of gamifying the course, um, which member vault members vault does a great, um, great job of. Um, and then the other one is I use different apps. I used to use Voxer, mm -hmm. um, but now I'm using Marco Polo. Have you ever heard of that one? No, that's new to me. So Marco Polo is basically Snapchat for adults. <laughs> cool. I love it. So um, I, when I'm, you know, having those courses and um, my students are in there, um, we use Trello as, uh, as an accountability piece. So mm -hmm. I'll set up a Trello board for each student and I can see, you know, when they've gone in, how much they've done you know, if they've um, gone to the YouTube videos and watched the videos. But then what I'll do is I'll use Marco Polo and I'll send them a video and say, hey, just check it because you haven't done X, Y, and Z, whatever, you know, um, send me a message back and let me know why. And nine times out of 10, they go and do it. 
Right. And then they'll message me back. <laughs> so, okay, okay, I just did it. You know, so my question to you is how do you feel about the accountability piece um, being missing in, in course creation? Yeah, I definitely recognize that, that that's kind of a missing piece that I, I can only imagine how many courses people have bought, how much money they've spent and they've gotten through like module one, right? And you have to have that. It, part of it is having that inner motivation. But I think the valuable part that you add is, is being the educator that's really kind of connecting and being there in that community and connecting with them on a, a personal level. And I think that um, by doing that, you actually build a, build a community for one and build relationships and trust with them. And they want to, um, they actually have that motivation through you. So I think that's super important. Yeah. And I like that. I like that piece a lot. I might have to add that into mine. <laughs> Good. Yeah. I think it's awesome. I, I challenge my, my fellow course creators to do that. Mm -hmm. um, because if we are truly um, wanting our students to succeed, we should go the extra mile. You yes, know, 100%. And either you're in it for your students' success or you're in it for the money. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, and and it's funny because I get into, you know, heated debates. There's just one person that I really get into a heated debate. <laughs> and it's a man, of course. Um, and, and, and it's a man who was um, a formal, former professional athlete. Ah, okay. So he's got that mindset of, you know, um, I'm not going to babysit you. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's up to your, you know, you need to have that inner drive. And I agree with all of that. However, the statistics show us that most people don't finish online courses. Yeah. And, and just, I think the fact that a student knowing that the, the creator, the educator cares if they, they finish makes a huge difference. I mean, I think that that just that small piece of just knowing that it's important to you that they finish. So, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That is beautiful. So, um, what would you give as your like parting words of wisdom to someone who's on the fence of starting their business? I would say that if you're like me, it's probably something that you're thinking about 24 seven. It's on your heart. You cannot, stop thinking about it. Um, and a lot of us need a sign. They need, you know, we need somebody to tell us, just do it. So, I mean, this is your sign. If you're listening, right. it's time. It's time. If you're thinking about it, it's time. Right. Katie um, and Jamie are saying, just do it. Yes. This is your sign. If you need someone to tell you, um, but just understand that it's not going to be all rainbows and unicorns, even though I wish it was. Um, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but you're tough, so you can do it. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, there's there's not too many people um, that come here, you know, into this business world with the confidence of I can do it all. Right. Yeah. I love the fact that you said that the very first thing, that very first thing that you see as a struggle is confidence. Yes. So being self-aware and learning, as you said, um, are, are the keys to combating that, that um, issue. Yeah, yeah, and just taking small steps every day. I think the scariest thing is looking at the big picture and that huge goal that you have in front of you, 
you know, no matter what it is and, and it's looming over you. Right. So, I mean, just taking small steps every single day and checking it off the list, literally write it down so you can check it off and say, all right, done. I did it. Um, you know, that's, it's going to get you much further than just sitting there and staring at that huge goal every single day and being frozen in fear, you know? Right. And you know what? You took the words right out of my mouth because that's what I was going to say for confidence. My remedy is action. Yes. Just take action. And even mm -hmm. if, like you said, it's just little baby steps. Mm -hmm. just yeah. Right? yeah. And find a community that, that will build you up when you need it. Um, you know, it's not always going to be your family. I, I know I'm extremely blessed to have a supportive family and supportive friends, but it's not always going to be that way. So, um, go out there and find a community, whether it's online, it's, you know, other friends, whatever it is. Um, Cause you're going to be, you're going to need someone to help pick you up sometimes and build you up when you're not able to. So um, invest in that community and make sure that you have people surrounding you. that are going to build you up and support you. 100%. I completely agree. Katie, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing your story. Um, I just want to thank you for sharing your space and your time with me and my listeners and viewers. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Awesome. So how can um, folks find you? Um, either email, Facebook, what's the best way? Yeah. So you can connect with me multiple different ways on my website at moderndarlingmedia.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm all over the place. I'm a social media manager, so you can find me mostly everywhere on social media. Um, right. And you can check out the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the podcast places. Um, you know, and if there's any women listening that feel called to share their story, I'm always looking for guests. So, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Um, my email is hello at moderndarlingmedia.com. So feel free to drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you.